0: Here's the truth, right? The more we, we experience life, the more baggage and the more idols that we pick up a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? The more we go through life, the more things kind of attach themselves to us. And here's what I know. Wherever you are in your life today, as you're walking in here, um, I want you to know freedom is in the room. Come on, somebody. Freedom is in the room. The Bible says it like this, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And I want you to know you're in the right place today. No matter where you are in your spiritual life, no matter where you were last night, uh, no matter what you've done this week, no matter how you've lived your life up until this point, the fact that you're in this room today tells me you're in the right place. And the reason I know that is because I know that the Spirit of God is in this place. So I know that freedom is in this place. And I know that some people, you walked in here hurting and you walked in with pain and you walked in with idols in wrong places. And you walked in worshiping the wrong thing and thinking About the wrong thing, and you got hurt and you got trauma in your life, but I'm here to tell you freedom's in the room today. You're in the right place. Freedom is right here today. Come on, somebody. Freedom is yours. Freedom is available to us today. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So, if you would, as we're getting transitioned, if you would turn around, high five two people, and tell them we're getting started. Come on. High five two, tell them we're getting started today. We're getting started today. Here we go. So, Several years ago, um, there was a man observing uh, an elephant trainer. I love elephants. Do we have any elephant fans? It's kind of a weird obsession. I really do love elephants. I don't know why. They're just majestically large, and it's amazing. But I love elephants, and this man was observing a trainer with elephants. And As he was watching over the course of a few hours, he began to notice that there were full-grown elephants. Full-grown, with ropes tied to their foot. Now, the rope wasn't attached to anything. It had a tail about that long off to the back of the foot, but it was tied around their foot and, and all this stuff. And he began to go, what in the world is that for? What does that do? Because surely they're not going to reach out and grab that to pull the elephant back and be like, hey, get back here, because that elephant just is not going to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? And so the man, after a while of curiosity and going through issues and trying to figure out what in the world is going on with these elephants, he went to the trainer and he asked the trainer, and he said, sir... He said, I notice these full-grown elephants with this rope tied to their foot. And surely that rope is not going to hold them to anything. And surely you're not grabbing it and allowing them to just drag you across the ground. Like, what in the world is up with the ropes on the foot of these elephants? And the trainer looked at him and said, oh, it's actually simple. He said, when they're born, when the elephants are born and they're young, the size of the rope actually can hold them. And so they're not going to break it. So we tie the rope to their foot and then to a tree or a stake. And it keeps them within the length of the rope. And the guy goes, okay, that's great. But when, what happens when they become older? And he says, well, we cut it. Either we break, they break it or we cut it. And he says, what happens is is, while they're young, it keeps them constrained. But it also trains them. And he says, as long as the pressure of the rope is always on their ankle, as long as they always feel it there on their ankle or their foot, they'll never go outside of the boundaries that they were taught as a young elephant simply because they believe that even though it's not connected to anything, they believe it's still connected to something. And that they believe that it has trained and conditioned the elephant, this massive thing that can go anywhere it wants, it has conditioned them to stay in the parameters of something that used to be, Instead of what currently is. And here's what I know about you today. And that is a real training technique. Here is what I know about you today. There's some people in this room that walked in today. There's some people that are watching online, and your rope has been cut by Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, the rope's been cut. It's no longer tied to a stake. It's no longer tied to a tree. There's no longer parameters there around what you were and used to be and all these labels and all these idols and all these addictions and all that stuff that used to hold you. It's no longer holding you. The rope is cut, but you've been so conditioned by the enemy in your problem that you still can't walk in freedom because you feel the pressure or the condemnation or the guilt or the shame of what was. And I'm just here to tell you today that he cut the rope and you got freedom. You can walk free today. You don't have to walk out of here the same you walked in. You don't have to walk out of here still struggling. You don't have to walk out of here still an addict. You don't still have to walk out of here with your marriage I'm telling you, through the freedom of Jesus, the rope has been cut and you can walk free. I thought that would excite somebody in the room this morning. Freedom from lifestyles. Freedom from idols. Freedom from addictions, freedom from labels, freedom from pain, freedom from uh, uh, trauma. All of those things are real things, but they can also be real idols because, well, how can the bad things become an idol? Well, I worship what I was. I think about what I was way more than who God's made me. I I wallow in the self-pity of what I've done way more than the victory in what he's done. I I, I sit back and I I worship more of what I can't do than what I can in Him. See, I, I need you to hear me first and foremost today. We're in a series about idols. And last week we talked about how to identify them and how to defeat them. And how to move on and move forward from them. But what I need you to hear today is that you cannot earn freedom within yourself. You may be amazing, you may be incredible, you may be awesome. In fact, I so wanted you to hear that that I took off my psychedelic shirt so you didn't get distracted. (laughs) I didn't want you going into psychosis from what staring at my shirt during the message. But you can't earn that. You can't earn freedom. You can't earn the salvation, but you're freely given it. And you're freely given it through Jesus Christ, the one that gave his life on a cross so that you and I could have freedom. And God has given us the ability to experience freedom. But here's the thing about ability. It is our choice to walk in it. It is our choice to walk in it because a lot of people allow their past experience to bind them to what they were. And now they begin to idolize that. And I just need you to know who you were doesn't matter anymore. Who you were doesn't matter today in who you will be. And I just want to talk about a few points about Jesus and what freedom really looks like from idols, what freedom really looks like from a past, what freedom really looks like from, um, from addiction. And, and there's some people that have given your life to Jesus years and years ago. And the truth is you need to be reminded today that there's freedom in your life as well. That you get to walk in that. And there's people in the room that you have not prayed that prayer and you have not given your life to Jesus quite yet and you have not trusted Him with your salvation and with your faith. And you just need to know that who you are is not who you have to be. And who you were does not have to define who you're gonna be. And you need to know that through Jesus and through the salvation of His sacrifice and His love for you, that you can walk out of here changed today. I wanna talk about a few points. The first one is this you gotta understand Jesus is freedom. And forgiveness from sin. And see, it's, it's important to understand this because Isaiah actually teaches us that, that sin creates or builds a wall, brick by brick. It builds a wall between us and God. It's not. See, we think God is just a mean God that doesn't want to be with us, so now he finds every reason not to be in relationship with us, and he calls it sin. And the truth is, we build the wall. He's the one that busted it down. He's trying to redeem it. He's trying to bust it down to be with us because he loves us that much. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 2, in verses 14 and 15, it says this. This is how he busts down that wall. Therefore, since the children, being us, share in flesh and blood. How many of you are flesh and blood in the room today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Some of you didn't raise your hand. Anatomy is this is flesh, <laughs> and you have blood underneath. You're here, so you're flesh and blood. We're all flesh and blood. It says, since the children are flesh and blood, he himself, being Jesus, likewise also partook of the same. In other words, he became what we already were. Why would he do that? He's sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Why in the world would he leave a throne to come to earth? Well, here's why. That through death, through death, so he was born as a person to die as a savior. That through death... He might render powerless him who, who, uh, who had the power of death. That is the devil. He, in other words, he was born to die so that we could live. Yeah. Did you hear me? He was born to die so that we could live. Here's what verse 15 says. And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So what is the point in all this? What is the what is the the, the 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 how can I commonly understand what this is? Jesus was born as a person to die as a savior so we could live in relationship with the Father and we no longer had to be slave to our past and our sin, but now we could be uh, free in the kingdom of God through the love of Jesus, with the love of our Father, and we can walk in this thing and He has freed us and forgiven us of our sins. The mistakes you made, you got to hear me, the mistakes you made are not defining moments. The mistakes you made in the past The mistakes you're going to make today, because you're going to, I'm going to. If you're looking for a perfect church, you did not come to the right place. Because if this was the perfect church, I would mess it up. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be. I don't try to be. But I try to be faithful. And I try to be obedient. And when I get it wrong, I try to turn around and go the other direction with him. You know what I'm saying? And the mistakes you made in the past, the mistakes you and I are going to make today, and the mistakes you'll make tomorrow or beyond, hear me, they are not defining moments for you. Do not allow the enemy to convince your mind and get your thoughts in the process of going, hey, that's just who I am, and that's just who I'll always be, and I'll always struggle with that, and I'll always be an addict, and I'll always be this, and I'll always be, I need you to hear me. They weren't defining moments, they were speed bumps in the journey of your life. They were speed bumps in the journey of your life. They do not define who you're going to become, and through Jesus, he smoothed those things out and he took the power from the enemy. He took the power from the devil. In fact, Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 says it like this, "In the living one being Jesus." And it says, "And I was dead." So Jesus died. And then it says, "And behold, I am alive forever." More And I have the keys of death and of hell. How did he create freedom? He went down to the devil's house. And he kicked his behind. And he took him out behind the woodshed, if you know what I'm talking about. And he took him to task. And he grabbed his keys and he said, What you thought you had power over, I now hold in my hand. And I am alive forevermore. And you shall not kill me. He's created Freedom for us. Your freedom from the bondage of your past is in the hands of the Father that loves you. Hear me today. Your freedom, my freedom, our freedom from the bondage of our past is in the hands of the Father that loves us. Not the Father that is mean, not the Father that's waiting to beat you up for it, but the Father that wants to embrace. And the Father that loves. And the Father that, yes, He is a just God. And yes, He is going to not leave us where we are. He's going to take us further. And He's not going to leave us in our sin and our mess. But the truth is, He's the Father that embraces us first. He's the father, if you go look at the story of the prodigal son, if you've never heard it, go read it. But if you've never heard it, he is the father that runs down the driveway and meets us when we come back after we've blown everything. And then he throws a party for the fact that we're back in the house and we're with him again. He has already defeated the enemy. And Jesus gives freedom and forgiveness from sin. And, and here's what happens. Here's how that happens that when we submit our lives to Jesus, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we submit our idols to Jesus, we are now with Jesus. We are now with Him. We are not trying to catch up to Him. We are not, He is not running so far ahead of us that it's an impossible task to get there. We are with Him. Romans chapter 6. And verses 8 and 9 says it like this, that now, if we have died with Christ, let me put it like this, if you've taken who you were and what you've done and you've placed it on that cross with Him, if you've put yourself there, if you've submitted your life to Christ, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. When I give myself to Him, when I submit myself to Him, I am now alive with Him. And verse 9 says it this way, that knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. He will never be defeated. He will never die again. Death no longer is master over Him. Why is that important to know? Because the previous verse just told us that when I submit my life to Christ, I'm with Christ. So watch this. If death has no master over Christ, death has no master over those who have put their life in Him. Death is not anything we have to fear. Death, yes, come on, get excited about this today. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be stressed. You and I'm not just talking about a physical death. I'm talking about a death in your spirit. I'm talking about you're defeated and you're down because when we are with Christ, we are now guaranteed victory. Victory. Yesterday, kicked off week two of college football. It is my Christmas. My Christmas is is the kickoff week of football. This week is amazing because it's week two of college football and week one of NFL. Come on, somebody. It is the Holy Trinity. It is coming. Let's go. And MLB is on too. Holy Trinity. Let's go. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. But man, I love it. And some, some of us are fans of a team, you know what I'm saying? And, and because we're fans of a team, when they lose, you know what I'm talking about, right? You get frustrated and you kind of hang your head a little bit. Because some of your teams won yesterday, right? Y'all ain't proud of it, but you won. Some of your teams lost yesterday, didn't they? Y'all are more proud about the losing than you were to win. <laughs> but when you lose, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you hang your head a little bit you kind of just like frustrated, you know, and you you nitpicking. You're finding everything wrong with it. And you're the best couch coach there's ever been in the history of couch coaches in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Forget the people that are paid millions to do this stuff. I'll do it for free. That's what most people say, right? And the truth is we kind of slump our shoulders. You know what that is? That's called a victim mentality. That's the mentality. Oh, we, we lost again. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't make it again. We didn't get a first down. We didn't get this. We didn't get that. We should have done this. We should have done that. That's victim mentality. But hear me what victor mentality looks like. Victor mentality is the moment when you've won. And you know what happens when you win, especially when you've got some skin in the game. You hold your head up just a little bit higher, don't you? And you bow your chest out just a little bit more. I ain't got much of one, but I'll bow it out as much as I can. <laughs> And then you hold your shoulders up just a little bit and you flex and just you walk in with a little strut in your step. Why? Because there's something that victory brings and victory brings confidence. And victory brings the ability to walk just a little bit more confident, a little bit more uh, strut with a little bit more, more just umph in your step. And I'm just here to tell you that he's never lost a battle. He never has to lose a battle. He's already won every battle you'll ever face. You can walk around with a spiritual umph in your spirit. Hold your your head up and go I am now in Christ Jesus and he's defeated it all come on somebody we get a little bit of spiritual confidence inside of us and I love the fact that he's given us that and there's the victim and I don't want to walk around like yeah Jesus is one yeah he's already won I don't I don't want to sing a song that's like when listen to the sound of power on my lips yeah Jesus defeated the darkness. I want to be like, and Jesus defeated the darkness and it has no hold over me or him ever again. He's already won. That's victory. We could go back to the old hymn. I could sing it for you, but you'd ask me not to. Victory in Jesus. My Savior Forever. He's not your savior until the bad things hit. He's not your savior until the good times come. He's your savior forever. And we have victory with him. And then because we're with him and because he gives us victory, I love this part. He gives us the keys that are in his hand. He gives us his keys. Watch this, watch this. (laughs) I love this. Matthew, y'all can tell I'm a little fired up today, right? I hadn't even had a whole cup of coffee yet. Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19 says this I also say to you that you are Peter. He's talking to, his apost- uh, to one of his disciples, Peter. He says, I say to you that you're Peter. And upon this rock, or on the foundation of the revelation that J- Peter just had, that, that he is Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, he says, Upon this rock, the revelation of that, I will build my church. He doesn't say, I'm, I might build my church, or I'm going to try to build my No, he says, I'm going to build the church. It's going to happen on the revelation that you just talked about, Peter. I'm going to build my church. And I need you to hear me. He's not talking about building this. See, here's what I know. At Radiate, we're experiencing tremendous growth. We need a bigger building. We need uh, more room. We need more classrooms. We need you to keep bringing people. We need prayer. Like, we need all that stuff. But the truth is, that's not what he was talking about. He's talking about you. And he's talking about me. Because the church is Us. So when you invite somebody to church, you're actually building the church. Do you hear what I said? When you pray for somebody in church, you're actually building the church. When you're a part of a life group, you're actually holding the church accountable. You're actually with the church. When he says, I will build the church, he's saying, I'm going to use my people to build the kingdom. I'm going to build them so that we build the kingdom. And he says, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. They have no power over it. I'm going to build my church. Let's, let's read verse 19 real quick. It also says, And I will give you, here's where it comes, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's not literally saying, hey, just name it and claim it. You can get whatever you want. No, he, he, he's talking about the fact that the power that we have in him. Here, here's what I know. If I walked in this room today and I said, hey guys, I just, you know, like your generosity has allowed us to purchase a mansion. And there's so many rooms in the mansion and it's so big of a place. You got your own room. All of you have your own room. Your family's got its own room. We got food stocked, man. Your favorite food will always be there. In fact, it's sanitized and it's great. You don't even have to worry about getting sick you ain't got to worry about that. Man, it's, it's better than Disney World. You'll be happier there than Disney World. Some of y'all are like, don't talk about that, Pastor. Don't do that. You know, it's, it's happier than Disney. You won't cry. You don't even need your tear ducts anymore. You don't even need them. You won't cry. You won't be upset. Like Everything you struggled with, don't worry about it. Leave it outside. Because when you come in the mansion, it's all good. And, 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 and I came in today, and I bought this mansion, but I got a key for everybody in the room. If anybody wants the key, I got a key for it. I'll give you the key. You can just go in. And so Most of you guys, most of you will be like, yeah, give me the key. I'm going to go pick out my room. I just want you to know, my room's already accounted for. It's, it's got the golf course view. I'm on the 18th hole. I'm right there. I'm ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? So I can just walk out with my, my callaways and just start swinging. But the truth is is most of you go, let me go find my room, let me go find the best place, let me go let me go see what this mansion is all about. And can I tell you that's what Jesus is doing today? He's going, I got the keys, y'all. I went down to hell And I saw the man that had the power over you guys. I saw the being, the devil, Satan, that had power over you, that picked and chose who got freedom and who got this and who got that. And it was all for his glory and all of this. But I love you. And so I went down there and I waged war. And I I sucker punched him. And I took care of him. And I took him out behind the woodshed. And I took him out and I hold the keys. And the enemy, Jesus is standing up and he's going, the enemy's got nothing on you. Because I got the keys that he used to have. They're in my hand right now. And I've made duplicates of those keys. and I got a key for you and I got a key for you and oh here's a key for you and the the freedom you need is here and I got the key all we got to do is reach out and grab it that's it he's going I got a room for you in heaven in this mansion where there's no more sickness and there's no more sadness I've got it and it's got your name on it he even says this I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies All the food you could ever want will be right there. Whatever you like. You don't have to worry. I just have it. I got the key, and here's why. It hinges on one of the most beautiful things about Jesus. That his nail-scarred hands from hanging on that cross hold our blood-stained souls, and he makes them white as snow. And he goes, I love you so much that I know you've put good things in the wrong place. You've created idols. You've worshipped other things before me. You've stopped focusing on me. Sin has built a wall. But he goes, that's what the nail-scarred hands are for. Just give me your blood-stained soul. You don't have to clean it up first. Don't run it through the washer. Don't make it white. Just give it to me. Because I'm the one that will clean it up. I'm the one that will make it white as snow. I'm the one that will bring it back to a place to where you can hold that key of freedom. And what used to hold you back. That rope that you walked in hanging and it's still on your foot. And that pressure you feel. That guilt you feel. That shame you feel. That condemnation you feel. I need you to hear me today. I know that when you're walking through life sometimes that the pressure of that rope still gets caught on the briar patches of life. And it holds you back, and it keeps you from being the husband or the wife you need to be, or it keeps you from being the mom or the dad, or it keeps you from serving at church, or it keeps you from even contending or committing to church. Or I know that the fear of what it was holds you back sometimes, and it's. but what if the pastor, what if the person, what if the boss, what if the... P- the, the the spouse what if they did th- and i'm just here to tell you jesus is ready to cut the loose the rope around your ankle and tell you freedom is in this room for you today i don't care what it is it doesn't matter to me and it doesn't matter to him because he is not impressed with your successes or intimidated by your messes he is here to take the rope and say no more condemnation no more shame no more guilt it's time to walk in freedom it's time to put him at the place and as I was preparing for this I thought about a phrase that we say every week here at Radiate Church it's become a mantra for us is that I need you to hear me loud and clear God loves you right where you're at today you don't know how bad of a person I've been I do not care he loves you there I'm still hungover good he loves you there I yelled at my wife this morning. He loves you there. You got to hear me. He loves you where you are. But here's the thing about a loving father. He loves you too much to leave you there. So he may love you there, but he's about to take you on a a journey that makes you better than you've ever been because his nail-scarred hands are holding your blood-stained soul. And the journey of him not leaving you there is the journey of him cleansing you so that you can walk into the mansion with the key of freedom and you get to spend eternity with him. And what I would love to do today, I'd love to pray over you as we are kind of in week two of this series of idols and cow tipping and how do we get rid of it? You won't get rid of it without Jesus. You won't get rid of it without somebody pointing you to Jesus. That's why we got life groups. Hear me today, church. I want to pray this prayer. And some of you in the room, your next step, your first step is just, I got to give my life to Jesus today. That's that's, first and foremost, that's the most important thing I can do. And I want you to know that all across this room, we're all going to pray the same prayer. But if you're ready to give your life to Jesus and you're ready to say, I need forgiveness and I need that eternal salvation and I need that freedom and I want to grab that key, here's all you got to do. Say that prayer, believe it in your heart that he died to give you life as we've already talked about today. Here's what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He is Lord and He is raised from the dead, then you shall be saved. And you get to walk into that mansion with us, with all of us that have given our lives to Jesus. So I want to pray, and I want all across this room, every mouth to say this prayer, and then I'll give you some instructions after that. If you would, just bow your heads with me today. Just repeat this after me in this moment. Dear Jesus, come on, say it loud and proud. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask for forgiveness. I give you who I was. I give you who I am. And I ask that you redeem who I'll ever be. Thank you for the sacrifice of your life so that I could have life. I accept you as my Savior. Walk with me, an imperfect person, as a perfect Savior. Teach me Guide me and lead me. Thank you for giving me room in the family of God today. God, I thank you that we get to come into this church and we get to come into this place. And God, there are people that are trusting their hearts and their lives and their souls with you. God, there are people that are going to go by the care corner on the way out and they're going to ask for prayer. There are people, God, that are going to take their next step in just a moment to be public with their faith. There are people that are going to walk out of here and they're going to tell us that they gave their lives to you and we're going to walk it out. God, I thank you for every bit of that. But God, I pray that we'd walk out of here with joy and we walk out of here with freedom. And God, that we walk out of here ready to change the world. Because we are giving our lives to a God that loves us where we are, but way too much to leave us there. And though we may have idols, we place you at the top. And you've never lost a battle. Teach us, lead us, and guide us. God, we love you in your name. Amen. I'm about to give you some next steps, but can we put our hands together for some people that gave their lives to Jesus today? If you prayed that prayer and you're ready and you say, I gave my life to Jesus. That was a moment that I meant. That was a moment that I prayed that and I have gave him my life. I want to ask you to do something. You got one of two options. You can swing by the care corner and tell them in the back. Go, hey, I gave my life to Jesus today or the Connect Center. Hey, I gave my life to Jesus today. We do life together here at Radiate. You don't need to do it by yourself. We want to give you some resources to walk that out together. We want to do that with you. So if you would, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it, and you gave your life to Jesus, would you do one of those two things so that we can walk through life with you? And hey, last thing, we got baptism coming up. It is the external expression of an internal change that's happened in us. We want to celebrate that with you. So maybe you gave your life to Jesus, or before, and haven't been baptized, or maybe you were as a kid, and it didn't really mean anything, but you want to get back, whatever. We want you to get more information. Scan the QR code on the screen or go by the Care Center, uh, Connect Center and tell them, hey, listen, I want to get baptized. I'm ready to make my faith public through baptism. We want to walk that out with you too. Just let us know. I promise you we'll get everything taken care of from there. And in a couple weeks, we're going to baptize so many people in this room. And it's going to be such a celebration. Ready8Church, I love you guys so much. Help me grab some invite cards on the way out. Let's pack this place next Sunday. Love you guys. Let's go change the world. I'll see you next Sunday.